0: Welcome to the Elmer EMC Podcast. We want to support you on your journey with God. So, here's this week's teaching. Beth wanted a globe. And, you know, we, we got one years ago. It was Christmas. And our, some of our extended family came over. And one of my nephews was uh, a little rambunctious and... Uh, you know, delightful kid and all that stuff, but uh, he put a big dent in the thing. And uh, Beth has felt bad about that forever, so if you're listening, Kevin, um, talk to your Auntie Beth. Um, it may not go well, but, but talk to her. But I was, I was walking downtown um, oh, a few months ago, and there's this new thrift store, and uh, I looked in and, lo oh, and behold, I saw this. It's, it's even like different than the one, it's smaller, which is great. And uh, I like the ones that have brown oceans, that's maybe a little more uh, true to the realities of uh, pollution and all that. Uh, but uh, I, I still don't know why Canada is always orange or pink, it's orange in this case. Did the NDP win an election? I'm not sure. Um, but, but anyway, um, and I didn't look at it, why would I? I said, how much? I said 20. I pulled out my debit card, oh we don't take that. I'll get the cash. Don't sell it. Don't worry, nobody wants it. Okay, so I went and got the cash, and um, and I brought it home, proud of myself, so proud. And Beth takes one look at it and says, "You got to take this back." I said, "Why? It's a thrift store. I "I can't take something back. I could give it back, but they're not going to give me my money back. Well, what's wrong with it?" And, and what she showed me shocked me. I think what this globe is, um, is a projection uh, into the future when tectonic plates have shifted significantly because you look at Canada here, and it, uh, Quebec has completely swallowed up Ottawa. Uh, I can't imagine why they would want to do that. Um, but uh, they've, they've gone halfway into James Bay, and uh, half of Hudson Bay is gone. Um, some of the New England states have been obliterated, and, uh, and it's like and some of the other countries around the world are just gonzo. And uh, I'm going, oh, I didn't see that. Well, a man's eyes are for decoration only, as I've said so many times. So, so there you have it. But, uh, but I, I said, I'm, I'm keeping it. Uh, I'm getting some errors on this, by the way, I don't know if it needs refreshed or something like that, uh, just, uh, well, I'm yakking away, not needing a slide, uh, if there's anything that can be done, I'm getting spinny things, I get nervous when I see spinny things, and uh, so, you know, it, it put me to mind that, it, it, it's such a metaphor, I, I decided to keep it and put it in my office up high where nobody had noticed that there's something wrong with my world. But in fact, there is something wrong with my world and with your world. We've just heard uh, some of what is wrong. I mean, the world we live in right now just isn't right or in its right mind. Um, we have endless controversy, conspiracy, and confusion abounds over so many things. And, and you know, w- even the answers that we thought we're solid, and we knew the answers. Uh, you know, I'm even thinking of biblical answers. We look to Scripture for answers to our questions, uh, and even there, the things sometimes that we thought we knew do not seem as clear in some cases. Now, I want to ask you a question, and you got to get this one right. Who killed Goliath? Who killed Goliath? Do you know the answer? Come on, somebody whisper it out? Who? Sorry, I can't hear you. David? Did somebody say David? I'm going to go with David. And uh, no, that's, yeah, there it is. Well, that's not true. The, the new answer is COVID killed Goliath. Uh, and uh, that's just, uh, you know, this is the new reality that, that we're dealing with. And I don't know if you're going to revise the Sunday school curriculum to reflect that or not. But, but here's the thing, quite seriously. Here's the thing that we can depend on without a doubt. Although we might doubt in our times of doubting, um, like Thomas, till we see the risen Jesus. Here's the thing that we really can hold on to. And it's this, that, that God will put... This world, your world, my world. He intends to put it right. He intends to put all things right. Um, and, and, you know, at a time like this, we hear what Dave shared, and, you know, we're about to have another Canada Day, and, and this, this sort of thing mutes our celebration. It doesn't eliminate it. I'm still going to sing or whisper, Oh Canada my home and native land and uh, cry out that god would keep this land um, i was glad for that word change a number of years ago i think thanks to the first trudeau and uh, or whoever he commissioned to re- redo the thing and god will put everything right and you see his his love for his creation for his broken world for you and for me for his people who bear his image, however dented and damaged and, and uh, a little bit twisted it may be, His love for His creation and for you uh, demands nothing less, requires nothing less than God, who is good and whose loving faithfulness endures forever. It, it, it's got to happen. It's, it's personal for Him. And you got to know, it's personal for you and me, too. And and so, you know, what does the world need right now? Anybody remember some of the great Motown hits that were thriving, interestingly, while Detroit was burning? (laughs) What the world needs now? Says, was it Aretha or one of the other Motown ladies? What does the world need right now? Love, sweet love and we go yeah that's syrupy that's uh, but but actually it's true actually it's true when you think about what love really is the god the, the the love that comes from god when you think about what it really is that is what the world needs right now faithful love that's rooted in the everlasting reality that first john 4 records when it simply says, you want to know what God is? God is love. Now, you can't flip it and say love is God. That that doesn't work. But God is the, I was going to say embodiment, but how do you embody a spirit? God is spirit too. But he's the inspiritment of love. And Jesus is both the inspiritment and the embodiment of divine love. Rooted in, All eternity. And it's a love that uh, protects. It's faithful. It's consistent. It's relentless. It's a love that pursues us even when we're on the run. It's a love that's authentic and healing. It's a love that sometimes tells us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear, but for our good and for His glory. It's a healing love. So, I I, kind of think that what the world needs right now, what I need right now, and maybe what you need right now, is to know that love, to reflect on love that will not ever let me go. I forgot the O there, but O love that will not ever let me go. And that's the the theme of my summer talks. We're going to take a little break from Revelation. It's getting a little heavy, right? It's great. Love it. It's time to just give our brains a, just a little bit of a relaxed period. We'll come back to Revelation in the fall. And we're just going to be talking about and reflecting on and, and hopefully experiencing more of the love that will not ever let me go. And you might think, well, you know, if you love me, you let me go. We, we say that, don't we? If love, love sent me, you let them go. Um... And that's true on one level. There's, there's freedom to be had. God does let us live out freedom. And should we choose to walk away, uh, sadly, he allows that. And yet he keeps on pursuing anyway. Love that will not ever let me go. I love that. And uh, the first talk today is uh, simply called Love That Draws Me to Him. Love that draws me to him. And the, the reference in the backstory for this is found in Jeremiah 31. Now, y- you wouldn't think, you know, we, we have an expression that we say if somebody just is really says something harsh and judgmental and uh, you know, like that that maybe we don't want to hear, we'll say that they have just let go a Jeremiah. Never heard somebody talk about uh, somebody, never, never heard that? Well, you have now. And so if I say something really, you know, that would be uh, me doing a Jeremiah ad on you. Um, but you know, I mean, Jeremiah had some difficult things to say to the people of Israel who were bound and bent on um, just resisting the prophets of God right up to the end when the Babylonian army came and Destroyed the city and the temple, took them off into exile and killed the rest. It was a bad time. But Jeremiah says an awful lot about God's love, which is more than a feeling. In fact, it's rooted in a covenant, in a a, a deal that God has decided to make with humanity. And it's one that since we, we can't even, you know, swear to it as if you put your hand on a Bible and swear, you know, to follow through on all the, he swears by himself. And uh, so, without any further ado, or rabbit trails, let's look at Jeremiah 31. It's a beauty. At that time, are you getting the spinny things? Nope, just me. It's okay. I hit okay every now and then and it goes away. Uh, but at that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they will be my people. Now when you hear Israel, you go, well, that's for them. That's for that, that bunch of people that live on the southeast corner of the Mediterranean, and uh, you know, they live all over the world actually, but you know, scattered around and you know but 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 when you read Israel here uh in terms of read it in terms of the people of God, and in the New Testament, you realize that the idea of Israel and of the people of God uh branches out, extends its borders to include all who come to Jesus by faith and who um, commit to following him and uh choose to let him into our lives and let him transform us and uh, renew that image of God in us that uh, he so desires to renew. He who has begun a good work in us will complete it uh, at the day of Christ. And, and so we're, we're part of the in crowd here by faith. So when you read this, uh, understand that uh, in the extension of this, it includes you. It says, this is what the Lord says. The people who survive the sword will find favor in the wilderness. I will come and give rest to Israel. Now, when this was written, Israel was in uh, probably, I would say, the third worst national tragedy. Number one or two would, would have been the destruction of the temple in AD 70. And vying for the number one spot would be the Holocaust. But this is, this is right up there. National tragedy. The people have been or are about to be uh, overtaken by an army far stronger, a superpower far stronger than they. Their city would be destroyed or already had been, and their temple would be obliterated. And it says the people who survived the sword, what? Will find favor in the wilderness? I mean, these are difficult days and yet God's talking favor. I mean, there was no end of of suffering and sadly some of Israel's suffering was self-imposed. Not all of our suffering is self-imposed, of course. Things happen to us. Sometimes out of the blue. For some, our suffering uh, is the result of choices we've made and Sometimes it's a combo of the of the two, but regardless, God says to these people, you're going to find favor. Why favor? Why grace? Why mercy? Because God's love for His people goes way, way, way back. You can't get far back enough. And God says, He says, the Lord appeared to us in the past or from afar. They'd put distance between themselves and God, so maybe from afar uh, is a fair translation. It's it's uh, not certain in the Hebrew, but uh, you know, take your pick. Both are true. God said in the past, and maybe from a bit of a distance, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with unfailing kindness. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? I've loved you with an everlasting love, so love that draws me. Now, have you ever felt drawn to God? Maybe, you know, maybe that's a bit of a scary prospect because, you know, some people want to keep as much distance as they can because they think, you know, he's uh, he's kind of like an ayatollah, you know, or something like that, and he's he's going to make things very bad for me because he knows all the junk I've done. He knows all the attitudes that I carry, the, you know all that stuff. And yet, at the same time, sometimes those who feel repelled feel simultaneously drawn. It's kind of weird. And it's good. But the love that draws me to him, it's everlastingly and unfailingly kind. Now, uh, here's the thing. Your mini Hebrew lesson for the day, part of it is review. The word olam, translated everlasting here, uh, has the idea of being from the most distant past, right through the present, and right on into the most distant future. And so sometimes this word is translated with the idea of continuous love. For something to be continuous, it's got to have been happening, and it will continue from the most distant past to the most distant future. I've loved you. And the Hebrew word chesed, because I have Plexiglass, I can say it and spray it, and uh, you're not uh, infected. But I hope you're infected by Chesed. It, it's you know what it means. How many times have we had this conversation? You know what this means. Everything possibly good that could be rolled into this word: faithfulness, mercy, loving kindness, uh, relentless commitment. You know, pack it all together into that in Hebrew four-letter three letter word with some dots and dashes and read it backwards either backwards or forwards chesed is beautiful one of the most beautiful words you'll ever hear I've drawn you with unfailing kindness and and because God's everlasting love is rooted in God's eternity uh, and his kindness, mercy and faithfulness and commitment to you and me he says I will build you up again Again, you will take your timbrels and go with the dance with the joyful. I, I've, I've tried dancing. It's not pretty. It really isn't. Maybe before I go to heaven, I'll take some dance lessons. Or maybe I'll just wait and uh, you know learn from the best. Me dancing, you'd laugh your head off. And sometimes we need a good belly laugh. And I can guarantee one. Don't we want to dance and sing and and do all that? We will. We will. He says, again, you'll plant vineyards and uh, enjoy their fruit. That's going to be the result. And and so love that draws me to him. It's this beautiful thing. It's everlasting and unfailingly kind and good. And and so what happens is that joy has the chance to be restored. If we would give way to it. If we'd give way to it, and flourishing can happen again, flourishing in every way. You might not need to go plant a vineyard or you know tend sheep or but but what does it look like for you to flourish what? If you could do anything you want with the remaining days of your life. I haven't looked at you people for a while. You know, I'm used to, with the live streams and nobody here, I'm, I've gotten so used to looking at the green dot up there. Now I've got to get used to looking into your eyeballs again. Actually, I prefer that. But, but, you know, what does it mean for you to flourish? You know, think about that. And then, you know, seek that God might make good on that in your life and renew your joy in these days. So together, you know, to borrow a campaign slogan from another country, we can build back better. He says, There will be a day when watchmen cry out on the hills of Ephraim, Come, let us go up to Zion to the Lord our God. And you see, he's, he's drawing us, and 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 the hope is on God's part that we would. Respond to that and and say to one another, come on, let's go to where God is. I mean, he's everywhere on one level, but but there are places of focused presence. And and that focused presence has to do with being together with God's people. And together forming, as Ray's talked about and I've talked about in the past, forming this temple, uh, which we are. And the Spirit of God fills that temple, and we are it, folks. We go to be together, and together with God, to the Lord our God, and we can confidently draw near to the God who is coming near to us. And so, so here we are. I don't, I don't know if this, this isn't even... Yeah, you can move it on screen and, and uh, take my cues. So, so, anyway, little interlude there. Gave you a chance to, you know, take some deep breaths. So... Let, let's let's go up to this God, and and as He draws us, and as joy and and flourishing is being restored. Connected with that is the closing of the distance that we've maybe felt in a exile of sorts from Him. I mean, it was a long exile for Israel. Won't go into all that. Talked about that all last summer and fall to the point that somebody says, if you use the word exile one more time, I'm going to stuff something, a sock in your mouth, and uh, I don't blame them. But it was a long exile. And maybe you felt from time to time like you're in a long exile from God, abandoned and left on your own, dealing with your pain as best or maybe as worst as, as you could. And, and that's hard. And it, 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 it was not uncommon. It's not uncommon for people to, to feel very intimidated by the prospect of drawing near to God. Never mind him drawing near to us. It doesn't have to be that way. This one's on us, folks. But 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 life has happened. A lot has a lot of water under the bridge. Is that the expression, or am I mixing metaphors? But but you may say, Yeah, I'm not drawing near to God. You know, in fact. You know, I'm I'm really angry with him, and uh, you know, uh, I'm 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 just not sure I want to, cause cause I think it's his fault that he wasn't there for me when I needed him to be. So we think, and you know, we have baggage. We all talk about having baggage, but but we, we think you know, God, you have some baggage too. And 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 maybe maybe you feel like God owes you an apology, yeah. because of broken hopes and dreams and and disappointments. You want a a good book to read. That's I don't know how old it is. Thirty five, forty years old. Philip Yancey. The book probably comes from the eighties, maybe the seventies. Disappointment with God. Anybody read that? I'll bet you it's in our library. And if it isn't Penny, I don't know, it might still be in print, but you know, Yancey had some straight talk to say about the fact that if we're honest, there are times when we go, you know, I've got some real disappointment, God. That's with you. And you know, God's big enough to handle that. In fact, he would rather you tell him that than make the distance greater. But maybe you think he owes you an apology. But Wherever you're at in that. I mean, Job thought that until God spoke to him, and, and that kind of changed things up. But can we really trust that God truly loves us and is for us and whose grace is truly sufficient for us now and going forward? That's, that's, the, that's the challenge. And um, you, know, you remember this retweet from Joel Zanting last week? That I read, um, let us let go of resentment and embrace gratitude. Everything is grace. And the the part that I can see on this retweet is is that uh, gratitude asks us to say everything is grace. But as long as we remain resentful about things we wish had not happened, about relationships we wish had turned out differently, Mistakes we wish we had not made, part of our heart remains isolated, unable to bear fruit in the new life ahead of us. It's a way we hold part of ourselves apart from God. And I guess the question is, how long am I, are you willing or determined to hold yourself apart from the God of everlasting love and unfailing kindness, especially When he says to you and to me, sing for joy. Sing with joy for Jacob. Which is another code for Israel. Shout for the foremost of the nations. Make your praises heard. Oh, we're going to have a big day one of these days. Aren't we, June? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No restrictions on the sound people. Make it loud. Turn up that bass woofer, maybe, within reason. Make your praises heard and say, Lord, save your people. Save the remnant of Israel. And it says, see, I will bring them, now God talking, from the land of the north, from the places of exile. I'll gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them will be the blind and the lame, the hobbled, the hurting. Expectant moms and women in labor, a great throng will return. And, and you see, that it says they will come with weeping. They will pray as I bring them back. I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble because I am Israel's father. Ephraim is my firstborn son. Love that draws me to him. It's everlastingly and unfailingly kind. It restores joy, renews flourishing. The distance between us, has the chance to be closed as we come near and He heals our hurts and our hearts. How many need a healing of hurts, a healing of your heart today? Yeah, there's weeping. One of the Psalms says, weeping may last for a night. Joy does come in the morning. They'll pray as I bring them back. God is in in the business of bringing His people back. And providing for our every need, sustaining us, giving us the potential to thrive. Hear the word of the Lord, you nations. Proclaim it in the distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them, will watch over his flock like a shepherd. The Lord will deliver Jacob and redeem them from the hand of those stronger than they. And they will come and shout for joy on the heights of Zion. Rejoice in the bounty of the Lord and all the stuff that goes with that. They will be out like a well-watered garden in Woodstock where we now live. We no longer live at 26 Cedar. We've, that's gone. I'm homeless until October 1st, but not really because we have our, our trailer at Piddock. Boy, did it ever rain. Yesterday, and I think Friday a lot, and Friday night, could hear the constant. It wasn't pitter-patter on the roof. It was like, whoa, it was loud. I slept like a baby. Woke up every hour and cried. Uh, but, 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 you know, the flowers that Beth just planted at the trailer, boy, did they ever get a drink. Because if they depended on me to water them, now, they will be like a well watered garden, you know I've used the analogy in the past of what New Guinean patients look like if you don't water them and it's like they're sitting there one minute, and the next minute you look and they're drooped, and you think that thing is it's dead, it's gone. You put some water on, and it's no time. you can almost see it moving and and taking shape again. And the, the flowers that have wilted to into just about oblivion start to, you know, just like you'd never know nothing. Had, something had been wrong. God wants to make you and he wants to make me like a well-watered garden. And uh, he never forgets to water. He never, never does. Whether with the kind of rain we had the other day or whatever. And it says, then the young women will dance and be glad. Young men and old as well. I'm going to watch them and try to take, uh, take some lessons. I will turn their mourning into gladness. I'll give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. I'll satisfy them with abundance and bounty and so on. But, but back to the reality, back to where Maybe we are right now. This is what the Lord says. A voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping. Mm-hmm. You see, you want a reality check. All you got to do is open your Bible. You don't get pie in the sky in the sweet by and by, you get straight up reality. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. And you may recall in the Christmas story, Matthew quotes this. To give expression to the sorrow of Bethlehem when Herod sought to kill the child Jesus. Imagine doing that. I just think a beautiful little Everly back there. And what kind of person would you have to be? Well, that's the kind Herod was. He sought to kill Jesus. And to make sure the job was done, he took out all the kids of comparable age. Mm. This is the world that we live in. Where it seems evil people get the last word, but they don't. Because this is what the Lord said. Restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. Your work will be rewarded. You'll return. I'm bringing you home. So there's hope. Hope for your descendants. There's hope. There's always hope. Love that draws me to him. He heals our hurts. The distance is closed. Joy and flourishing is restored and renewed. And it's, it's more than a feeling. It's more than a young and restless kind of thing. Or as I call it, the young and the adulterous. It's more than a feeling. It, 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 this is rooted in an everlasting covenant. There's hope because as this passage goes on, and this is where it's going to come to a screeching halt in a minute or two. Hopefully without screeching. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah, and by the way, not just for the people um, in the southeast corner of the Mediterranean, not just for ethnic Israel, but Hebrews picks these words up and applies it to the whole lot of us who by faith, have come to know Israel's Messiah and ours. I'll make a new covenant, and this is the covenant I'm going to make. I'll put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. You're not going to have to go, oh, let's see, did I keep all the laws of God today? And we go, oh, I blew that one. Oh, I'm in trouble. I'm going to get killed. No, it's going to be written within. It's going to become second nature. And here's the thing. I will be their God. They will be my people. You belong. You belong. You belong. He belongs to you. You belong to him. Beautiful. No longer will they teach their neighbor, know the Lord, because they'll all know me. From the least of them, from the little Everleast that soon will be walking and talking and, and learning, learning to, to know the God who loves and the, the mom and grandma that, first of all, but through mom and grandma, come to, she'll come to know the love of God, but from the least to the greatest. That might mean the oldest, so this is where it's getting personal. I will forgive their wickedness. I'll remember their sins no more. Beautiful. This is the love that draws you and me to Him. Unfailing, everlasting, renewing, restoring, distance closing, healing. It's rooted in a, a deal which God has sworn by Himself will not fail. You can't lose. And might feel you're losing. But you truly can't lose. So today, I told you I was gonna end this. Do you believe that God loves you with an everlasting love? Do you believe that He has drawn and is drawing you with unfailing kindness? And I mean believe not just on a intellectual level, but at the level of, of your heart. Yeah, life's been challenging. This past year and a and a half. With COVID and all the um, um, collateral uh, effects that that has brought. Uh, divisiveness and other stresses. And yes, losses, some of them heart-wrenching. At the end of the day, at the end of today, do you, do you feel your heart maybe, maybe beginning to be... St- in the language of Charles Wesley or John Wesley, strangely warmed, strangely warmed by the unfailing love and everlasting uh, kindness of God, do you sense that maybe there's a new thing beginning to break forth, renewed joy, restored, flourishing here 's the thing that you need to take to God and talk to him about is and it 's what do you need from this God who is like this, and who says these kind of things. What do you need from him today? This God who is seeking to draw you to himself. What do you need from him that will renew your joy, release flourishing, and will give you hope and a future, a good future? Take that to God. I can't do that for you. Only you can do that for you. Thanks for listening. We invite you to follow Jesus with us and join us on mission with him. We'd love for you to connect with us through our website, worshipataemc.com, or on Facebook, just search for Aylmer EMC.